0: This evening, I'm just going to share with you um, just a few thoughts about what I have been thinking about myself in terms of my own personal walk with the Lord just over the last month or so. Um, He's been speaking kind of the same things over and over in different ways. And so it's more of a sharing testimony based talk rather than a teaching-based talk, Andrew did ask me what my text was, <laughs> and then I told him I was going to read it from the message, and he said, oh dear, <laughs> anyway, that's all right, <laughs> thanks, thanks, <laughs> um, so recently we had a holiday in Queensland, and I love reading books when I'm away on holidays. But when I'm away, I pretty much only ever read novels. They're usually Christian ones, like about Amish people and things like that. (laughs) That's what I really enjoy in my (laughs) relaxation time. Um, However, I was at the library at the school that I teach at um, one day and I was just borrowing some books, which is where most of my fiction reading comes from, the school library. And I don't know why, but for some reason randomly on the novel section above the shelf was this book here, which is not a novel at all, called Stay the Path by Bobby Houston. And um, it just really caught my eye and I decided to borrow it, which was very out of the box for me for holiday reading because I'm very strict about my novel reading. Um, But I loved the book. It spoke to me so much. And um, it, the kind of I don't know, blurb, it's called Stay the Path and it says, Navigating the Challenges and Wonders of Life, Love and Leadership. Um, That's kind of what the whole book is about and I really got a lot out of reading the book. So, a little bit of what I'm going to share tonight has my thought processes about it um, started when I read that book, which is why I wanted to mention it in case anyone else wants to read it. It's a really, really good book. Um, So, Uh, I'm just going to read one verse from Revelation. I'm going to read it from the ESV and then in the message. (laughs) Um, And it's a verse that I'm sure you've all heard before, Revelation 2, verse 7. And it says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. And that phrase, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, is mentioned um, seven times, I think. I did write down how many times a bit later on, I think. Anyway, several times um, in the book of Revelation. So it's kind of important because God keeps repeating it to us. In the message, it says, are your ears awake? Listen, listen to the wind words, the Spirit blowing through the churches. I'm about to call each conqueror to dinner. I'm spreading a banquet of tree of life fruit, a supper plucked from God's orchard. And this question, are your ears awake? Or in the ESV we'll say, who has an ear, let him hear. Are your ears awake? It has really stuck with me. And I've been thinking about this phrase, are my ears awake, a lot. Um, are my ears awake? Am I listening? Do I have an ear to hear the Spirit? blowing through the churches. And I don't know about you, but I often feel like my life is full of very, very ordinary things. I do a lot of washing, like heaps and heaps. Um, I have children who, you know, every time they clean up anything, even if they've worn it for like five minutes, which my girls often do because they're really into dressing up and all that kind of thing, to clean up means you pick it up and put it in the dirty wash basket. Um, That kind of thing. I do a lot of washing, a lot of cleaning, a lot of tidying up, a lot of cooking. There's a lot of lunch boxes that have to be packed. I have a lot of driving to do um, to all my children's activities. I have multiple church meetings each week and I also work part-time. And yet I know that in the midst of all of the ordinary things that I do in my day-to-day life, I know that it's God's intent that I thrive ...in those ordinary things that I'm doing. And it's his intent that we thrive in all that we put our hand to. Whether they're things that seem like they're significant... ...or whether they're things that don't seem very significant... ...and meaningful at all. And when we think um, back to even... ...you know, the book of Genesis and creation... ...and the Garden of Eden... ...Eden, not even... I didn't get a lot of sleep last night because we have vomit in our house at the moment, which is a bit sad. Uh, just to add to the ordinariness of my day, <laughs> it was a lot of um, disinfectant that I used. Hand washing, yes. Yes, I'm a big Norwich lover, as I know there are a few in the room, but it doesn't cut it. So I'm afraid you need the real stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, that aside, in the book of Genesis, in the Garden of Eden... Um, God created the garden, God created the earth for us to occupy and for us to enjoy. And God's mandate upon mankind was to multiply, to fill the earth and to increase in every way. And many times throughout the Bible, right from the Garden of Eden, we see God's heart towards just the everydayness of of our lives. Romans 12, um, you probably know the verse very well. We're instructed to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God, holy and pleasing to him. And to me, this speaks of presenting our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. It speaks of all of us, It speaks of our sleeping, it speaks of our eating, it speaks of our going to work, our walking around life, um, all of those things that we do and presenting them to God. And when I think about God's intent for us to thrive or to flourish, as we've been talking about a lot this year, um, I think part of that or what I've been thinking a lot about recently is that as we take our everyday ordinary life and give them up as an offering to God, um, I think it's really important that we're mindful that what surrounds us is actually more than just the physical things that we do day to day. Like there's intent and there's purpose and there's space for God to move and to use us that is beyond just the practicalities of what we see. I don't know if that's very, um, I hope that makes sense. And throughout scripture, God constantly reminds us of his present and purpose that we have in our living here that actually goes beyond this world, that goes beyond um, really to all eternity and to the hope that we have for our future and knowing where we're going when we die, basically. And Um, I feel like he's been reminding me of the purpose that he has for not just for me, but for all of us, not just in the ordinariness of what we do, but that as we do those ordinary things, um, there is so much more of himself that he reveals to us through those things. And I've been feeling in myself just... um, an increased awareness that what we see physically in front of us is not just a natural realm, but it's also a spiritual and a supernatural realm. And it's a place where God's presence is and where he, um, you know, births dreams and vision and purpose in us in a way that enables us to walk the natural things that we're doing differently. Like when we, I feel like I'm not explaining myself very well, it's hard to explain. When we walk down the street to go to the shops, we can just walk down the street to go to the shops and do our errands or we can be walking down the street to do our errands, being really conscious and aware of God's presence with us and him leading us and causing us to notice things or to um, switch on to something that he might be saying or asking us to do or just teaching us more about who he is. Um. And so that phrase, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying, or in the message version, awake, you know, are your ears awake? Awake and listen to the wind words. Um, I feel like that sense of waking up and listening to the leading of the Lord or listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying or doing is what enables us to accomplish what God has placed us here to do. And for there to be a greater grace and ease for us to fulfill the purpose that he has made us for. And those words are written seven times. It was seven times, got to it in my notes. Um, And so that's something that's not by accident. Like God's placed those words there to wake up, are your ears awake, Um, have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Like he's saying that really intentionally intentionally Um, it's not by accident, like it's something that he is specifically saying because it's important for us, the Latter-day Church, which is who all of these letters are written to and we're part of the Latter-day Church, um, they're important for us to heed those words. We're meant to be awake to what the Spirit is saying. And we know that the Holy Spirit is everywhere. But although the Holy Spirit is everywhere... The Holy Spirit is seeking to speak to each one of us individually as well as to us corporately as his church and to give us direction. It's a personal thing as well as a corporate thing. And a healthy Christian and a healthy church with a heart open to the Holy Spirit is going to be full of these kind of words that the Holy Spirit speaks all the time words that bring wisdom and perspective, words that refresh and invigorate our souls, words that direct our steps, words that identify with our everyday existence and bring direction from above. Words that are born and carried by God's loving Holy Spirit right into our personal world. And we live in an amazing time because we, are, we live in the era like this end part of the Bible, Um, the era of God's spirit being poured out. And we know that Jesus, when he left his disciples, they hadn't entered that era yet. They had to, to wait for another, the one who would help them and guide them thereafter. And through Pentecost, an era of grace, of covenant and power was entered into. And we now are a part of that. The Holy Spirit is our personal help and companion and he has perfect wind words for you, for me, for your family, for my family, for your circumstance, for you and for your journey. He resides in the presence of the Father and of the Son and it is the Holy Spirit who mediates between them and us, between heaven and earth. He is the one who leads, who teaches, who gives insights into the future. He is the one who listens to the conversations of heaven and then actions the heart of God. When we open our Bible for personal devotion, it is the Holy Spirit who is the one who's hovering nearby to quicken the word to us. When we're in conversation, um, we had to listen to the words. Sorry. When, in convers- when we are in conversation, we listen to the words, we listen to wisdom of other people, Um, but it's the Holy Spirit who makes the words resonate within our heart when they're of him. So that means that given that this is who the Holy Spirit is and this is what his job is and this is what we have access to, when we open our Bibles to spend time with the Lord, we can do that with the mindset that the breath of God is here waiting to breathe on this for us. We can open the word with an expectation to hear God's voice like never before. When we turn up to church or to corporate meetings like this, when we turn up to church each Sunday, pay attention to what is taking place. Listen with an attentiveness that believes that there are Holy Spirit spoken words that are specific for you and specifically for your reality there. When I pray... For our worship times and our services on a Sunday, one thought that constantly amazes me is that no matter how many people are in the room, Jesus knows exactly how to encounter each and every one in the way that is exactly what is right for them in their own personal circumstances on that very day. And I've prayed about that for years and years and years um, And it still blows my mind. It's amazing. And there's a song um, that says, you know, in a room of 10,000, I can't remember what the next line is, you don't miss a thing. Thank you, Liz. I knew someone would know, in a room of 10,000, you don't miss a thing. Like, I just think that that's amazing that that's what the Holy Spirit does. And so I thought, this is kind of where all my thoughts have been over the last month or so. So I thought I'd spend a few moments sharing a few stories and practical examples from my life over the last, it's mainly month. Um, And they're all small, probably some of them silly, but simple examples of what I feel like God has been speaking to me about to be more intentionally awake. Does that make sense? Okay, so one thing, this is really, it's going to sound really obvious, but is to take note of what is happening. So, for example, when I was in the library borrowing my books for my holiday, and this book suddenly jumped out at me, I, you know, initially I was like, oh, it's not a novel when I looked at it, oh, it's not a novel. But it had jumped out at me, it was in the wrong place on the shelf in the library, and I just for some reason noticed that and I was like I'm just going to borrow it anyway. Now I think that was the Holy Spirit because that book really spoke to me and normally I would never read a book like that when I'm on holidays as I explained before and it really brought a lot of refreshing to me. Um, Recently I was talking with someone who's actually here tonight um, and it's and I did ask her if I could share about this, Um, and a decision that um, she and her husband were faced with about um, what school their child was going to go to and they'd made a particular decision and then suddenly another option was before them that they had discounted um, probably a couple of months before as not really being an option for them but she was reading just a little bit of material from that school that they had discounted and suddenly started to weep. And she commented to me that I'm not usually emotional like this. She may have been in younger years. (laughs) And she said to me, it really made me take note, you know, is God saying something to me about this? And I think sometimes the pace of life that we live at is so fast that we don't stop to take note of things necessarily. Um, I think back to um, you all know that we moved house last year and when we walked into the house that we now live in, I just had this feeling and I don't know exactly how to describe it but I just knew that I was gonna live in that house. And we weren't even really seriously looking at it at all. I just knew the very first time I walked into the house. And the only other time I'd ever felt that feeling was when Andrew and I bought our first house that we'd been living in for like twelve, nearly 12 years at the time. And the very first time we walked into that house, it was exactly the same feeling. And we walked around the house the first time and I looked at Andrew and said, yep, this is it, this is the one. And both instances, both homes, I had exactly the same feeling. And it wasn't like it was just a feeling. It wasn't um, like we did pray about it afterwards for confirmation from the scriptures and things. But I think, you know, God speaks to us in many, many ways. And it's important for us to take note of things. On Saturday, my car key I put it into the ignition and turned it and it snapped. It like, I felt it go, but it was still together, so it was all right. And then on Saturday evening, I was going out for dinner with a couple of friends and I was just leaving the house, walking to get in the car and I had the thought, you should just grab the spare key. And I did. And I was very glad (laughs) because then, I was with Steph, when I turned the key, again, the whole entire thing fell apart. So I had like the plastic casing, I had the metal actual key bit and then I had the inside of the plastic casing that has like the beeper bits all in three pieces. And I would have been in a world of trouble miles from home had I not taken note of that, just grab this spare key. I was very thankful. Um, I think Andrew's mentioned several times because he really likes them, about the eagles that are near our house. There's so many. They're amazing. And just this afternoon, I was, or sorry, this morning, I was pegging out some clothes on the line because it was actually quite sunny today. They got dry in one day. It was so good. And just right, like literally right above my head were two huge eagles that were soaring through the air. Now, I could look at that and go, well, we live in the countryside, of course, there's lots of wildlife that are around. But every single time I see them, straight away, they draw my attention to the Lord, like immediately. And straight away, they always cause um, my focus and my vision to lift and to realise that just the constant reminder that there are higher places to go to. Now, some people would look at that and think that's just silly nonsense, you know, but I don't. I think that that's the Holy Spirit speaking and reminding me each time. Um, so taking note of what's happening, paying attention, you know, when you just can't get someone out of your mind or someone who you don't necessarily, or maybe it is someone who you see all the time, but you kind of think of them multiple times through the day and you don't normally take note. um, Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, Another thing, which is a really obvious one, is to ask the scriptures to speak. Um, When we have decisions to make or things to kind of pray about, um, Andrew and I, we often, when we're sitting down to have a prayer time, you know, if we've got specific things, we sit down, we each have our Bibles, we each have a piece of paper and we write down what the things are. And... um, Two weeks ago, we were sitting down to pray about three things. So we each had a piece of paper with number one and the heading of what that was, number two and number three. Um, and there's a little bit of story behind it, so I'll explain it only because it's a funny story. Well, I think it's a funny story. You might. I'm not sure. So one of the things we were deciding, well, that we were sitting down to pray about, not deciding about, but just bringing before the Lord was a church-related matter. It's okay. The second thing was that... Um, Andrew is um, going on a trip in a couple of weeks. He's going to be away for a couple of weeks and he's going over to the US. And um, just casually, my dad mentioned to me, much to my mum's horror, maybe you should go with him. We'll have the girls. And she had no idea, <laughs> just to say. And um, and he's like, you should pray about it. You should sit down and pray about it. And dad You know, if he tells you you have to do that, then it does make you feel like you have to do that. So I'd gone home and said to Andrew, Dad said we should sit down and pray about if I should go with you. And he was like, all right. Because um, many of you might remember a few weeks ago, maybe it was like a month ago or more, in his sermon he shared an illustration about a Harley Davidson. Do you remember that? So he's a big motorbike lover. Um, as you know, and um, that's totally fine. I have no problem with that. But he has gone on a few test rides in recent times and um, he's actually quite, it is quite true that there are several Harley-Davidson brochures and magazines strategically placed around our bedroom. I was going to bring one along tonight to show you, actually, I thought of that, but then I forgot. Um, So, and he's doing it partly in jest, but partly because he does want a Harley Davidson sometime in his life, which is totally fine with me. Like when we have no more school fees or ballet lessons or braces, because I think we're going to have four sets ahead of us. <laughs> Just saying that. <laughs> anyway, so I have no problem with that as like a in quite a long time when you're more of an older man – You could have a Harley-Davidson as a hobby. That's fine. You can go motorbike riding. I have no problem with that. So, he's been bringing up the Harley-Davidson. He's like, well, why don't we just pray about it? And for several weeks, i had been saying, no, we're not going to pray about it. Also, the next new vehicle that we get, which is not going to be for a few years, is actually mine because the most recent vehicle we've got has been his. So, there's like an order of things that it was just messing with my head. And the more he mentioned it, the more aggravated I was. And he kept saying, he's like, well, if it's not the Lord, then he'll speak that. What are you, you know, worried about? And so I'm like, and I kept refusing. I'm like, I'm not going to sit down and pray with you about this Harley Davidson. It's ridiculous. Anyway, so I come home to say, maybe we should pray about me going to America with you. And he's like, fine, but we're going to pray about the Harley Davidson if you want me to pray about that. So I was like, Oh, great. Here we go. So I said, okay, that's fine. We can pray about the Harley-Davidson. So we sit down. One, two, three. So we sit there, we're praying, and we each write down, like we're asking specific scripture references about these three things. So we write down the specific scripture references about the three things. We don't, we have, we don't look them up. And then we get to the end, and so we go number one and look up the scripture references. The church-related thing that we were praying about, we got some good leading about that. The trip to America, we got no leading about, so we just decided it's not for now. I'm sure you're very relieved. Um, (laughs) And then the motorbike, we open up the reading that Andrew got, and it said something along the lines of, it was from the Book of Ruth, something along the lines of, there will be a great reward for your faithfulness. (laughs) And I was like, no, this is not what I was wanting the Lord to speak, you know. I was really like, ah. Anyway, fortunately, he thought that was hilarious. And he did assure me that he was really enjoying just the riling me up about the motorbike and that he's quite happy to wait until his reward, that's right, until the school fees and the braces are done. And then down the track, he can get his Harley Davidson. So, I was like, phew. Um, anyway so that was just a I thought it was quite amusing story (laughs) Um, but it also just reminded me that sometimes we have in our minds what we think the Lord is going to speak and we don't (laughs) sometimes we do but often we don't and we need it's important that we are awake to hearing the things that we're not necessarily expecting either because they're not part of our plan or because it's not our desire. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, another thing I've just been, you know, thinking about is um, being switched, trying, like trying to be switched on or to be awake in and out of season in our home we often talk about you know you serve the Lord you be faithful in and out of season because that's definitely something that I'm very grateful that my parents taught my brother and I about is it's like you know not even just serving the Lord you put your clothes in the washing machine whether you feel like it or not. You know, you empty the dishwasher whether you feel like it or not. You do take the garbage bin out onto the road when it's garbage day, whether you feel like it or not. Um, And so, yeah, we often, Andrew and I often talk about, you know, that we serve the Lord in and out of season. And what I mean by that is that there are times when you really feel like it and there are times when you don't feel like it. Sometimes when you go to the shops, if you're totally honest, well, if you're like me... You just want to walk through the shops like this with your head down and your beeline to get what you've got to get and get out and get home. Um, It's not always comfortable or convenient to be switched on to something that the Holy Spirit might ask you or lead you in because it might actually interrupt your day and that's inconvenient (laughs) at times, you know. Um, And I think that's where often I think when we think about serving the Lord and growing in our relationship with him and and learning to listen to what he says to us, we kind of need to have a long-term vision that we remind ourselves of in the day-to-day. So an example might be, um, this is a bit different, but um, since having children... One thing that I... There are some things that I used to do before I had kids that I don't do anymore. There are some things that I've always done that I've continued to do. So, for example, being involved on the worship teams at church is something that I've intentionally tried to continue doing throughout having children. It's something that I felt was important for me to do. Um, But that takes quite a lot of practical effort. It takes a lot of organisation and effort on my behalf and also on other people's behalf, like my gracious parents and brother and beautiful sister-in-law who help to take care of my children when I do that. Um, And sometimes, you know, it's not so bad now, but certainly over the years when it gets to like Saturday night and then you have like six or eight interruptions to your sleep throughout the night and then you've got to wake up the next morning and rock up to church to lead worship. You're really not feeling very much like doing it. Um, But when I look back over the last nine years, that was something that I felt that God spoke to me about and I had to remind myself of that often. And, you know, when it was like Saturday night and I'm really busy and feeling really tired and trying to pack the lunchboxes for church, and the activity bags for the kids, and blah, 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 all that stuff that you have to do, I would often have to remind myself to kind of keep the big picture in mind in the midst of the nitty-gritty of what I was doing. And when I look back over those nine years for me personally, I feel like in those nine years I've grown so much in my worship of the Lord, and often it's been through what has felt more like a sacrifice of praise than a joy, (laughs) if I'm totally honest. But if I kind of look at that, and I think, well, if I hadn't have done that, if I had have just gone, no, it's too hard. I'm in an out of season time, not an in season time. I feel like I would have missed out on a lot, actually. And I'm not saying that we should all rush around like headless chooks and do activities and serve the Lord for the sake of serving the Lord and doing activities, but when there's something that God puts on your heart and speaks to you about, there is a grace that he gives for those things. Um, And I guess what I'm trying to say probably through a whole lot of ramblings is that... It's easy to find excuses not to be switched on. It's easy to find excuses to go, oh, no, that's too hard or, oh, I'm a bit too busy today. Like when you're thinking about someone and you think, I really need to call that person, but I know that if I call them, it's going to be like an hour-long conversation. <laughs> it's easy to go, oh, I'm too busy, I can't do that today. It's, it's harder to go, I'm going to let that interrupt my life. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, the example of that story is just more be assured that there will be a grace for you to do what God has asked you to do. And in the nitty gritty details of that, when it's really hard and you think, why did I say yes to this? Or what am I doing doing this? Just remind yourself of the big picture in that. And the blessing over time, that's sometimes doing things that feel like an offering rather than a joy. Um, like the blessing that that actually is to the Lord, but also what that builds into your own life. Um, and I think the final thing that I've been thinking about in terms of all of this is just to... Just that reminder, well, I constantly have this reminder, the eagle, the one reminder, to lift my eyes. And by that, I mean that the ordinariness of life, the day-to-day, I often feel like my vision is like this. Like it's, really narrow. it's really narrow and it's really low. But one thing that I'm finding more and more causes my vision to lift is prayer. Because as we pray... It helps us to see our own lives with fresh perspective. And so often we need that when we're stuck in the ordinary. Um, But prayer also enlarges our vision and enlarges our heart to others and to the world so that we're not being so focused here. There's actually a breadth that allows us to have room and space and capacity out here. Does that make sense? Um, And we know that the world desperately needs our prayers and our nation desperately needs our prayers. And I read an awesome testimony in here that I'm going to read to you because it really encouraged me and it was about prayer. Part of, um, a big part of Bobby Hewson's ministry as well as being the global pastor for Hillsong Church is that she heads up Colour, which is a massive, massive organisation. But they started a prayer and Initiative called hashtag midday baby midday, and um, what they do is it just encourages people to set their alarms for midday and to pray and they set a um, focus on the plight of those caught in the madness and horror of war, including um, the current Syrian conflict. so they mobilized thousands of women to pray for this in the early half of two thousand and sixteen and one day, um, I'm just trying to see, so Bobby received, I'm trying to paraphrase, Bobby received a message from uh, one of their lead pastors in Germany. Now, at the time, the world was awakening afresh to the displacement of millions, with many innocent families and children perishing at sea in their frantic bid for freedom. At the time, Europe's borders were being flooded every day with refugees seeking safety. Tens of thousands spewing from their homelands onto the highways and byways of Europe's landmass. As thousands of women were mobilised to prayer in the London Conference, and as my own heart awakened that indeed the spiritual boots were on the ground, my beloved spiritual daughter Joanna sent me a text telling me that her constant midday prayer had been, God, if there are people on boats in trouble and sinking... Please get them to shore. She continued uh, telling Bobby that her husband had been speaking in their, is it Dusseldorf? Dusseldorf, thank you, campus. And as he chatted afterwards in the foyer, someone drew his attention to a young woman they had just met in the foyer also. The text read like this. Bobby, she was in her early 20s, and in very broken English, she told how she and her family had to leave Syria to flee war. Their journey involved a boat trip. It was a big boat, and they were sinking. Water was in the boat, and they were in the middle of the ocean. They were sinking. And then Jesus appeared. He appeared as the captain, and everyone saw him. Hundreds saw him. And then the boat was at shore in an instant. Apparently, when this young Syrian girl arrived in Germany, she and her family sought a church. They came to our Easter services and all made decisions for Jesus. I don't know how this story story affects you, but I find it remarkable and humbling. Who knows if it was the fervent prayer of our little lead pastor in Germany or the collective prayer of thousands at midday. All we know is that a miracle saved lives and Jesus, our captain, was in the midst of the miracle. I pray that your own heart will enlarge to the possibilities of prayer and that together we will find our place in a miraculous tapestry of intervention being instigated by the spirit and fueled by our obedience. And I found that story incredibly encouraging. Um, and just a reminder that, you know, no prayer is ever in vain, no prayer is ever wasted. And that... You know, our prayers have power beyond sometimes what we ever see ourselves on the earth. um, But sometimes we do see the effect of our prayers. And that's a really awesome, amazing thing. Prayer is the most powerful spiritual weapon that we have. And when we allow our vision to be lifted, to listen to the wind words, we find ourselves praying prayers that are effective in supernatural measures. So that's all that I wanted to share tonight. I know it's very testimony based and I pray that somehow through my ramblings, because they have been ramblings, (laughs) of sharing what God's been speaking to me about in recent times, that you'll be encouraged and inspired to wake up, to take note and to listen with fresh ears. And I think that a group of beautiful, devoted, godly, highly capable, prayerful women like us are definitely a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. I'll close in prayer. Lord, I just want to thank you that you are always moving and that you are always speaking. And that you are always with us, Lord. And I just pray tonight that whatever you would have us take from this would really go deep into our hearts, Lord. And that you would continue speaking to us this week. I pray that as your daughters that we would be awake to you, Lord. That we would have ears to hear what you're saying to your church, and that we would have ears to hear what you're saying to us individually, Lord, when it's obvious or when it's not obvious, when it's comfortable and when it's uncomfortable, Lord. We want to be wholly devoted to you, Jesus, and we want to present ourselves as a living sacrifice to you. Lord, in the ordinariness of life, thank you that through your Holy Spirit, And through your son, Jesus, that you can use each one of us, Lord, in extraordinary ways and help us never to underestimate the value and the power of a devoted heart, of a prayerful life, of um, a life that makes room for you to speak to us, Lord. And we ask you to do that in Jesus name. Amen.